We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is March 29th. It's 2019, and we have six basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. Joined by my good buddy, Bobby Fye. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Uh, baseball didn't quite treat me right. It felt great early on. Had a, the pitching all going. Had Baez. Had Baez and Andrus on Fandle. It was feeling good. Played a lot of Toronto stacks, unfortunately. Uh, but then on the basketball, I really... Uh, really almost nailed everything and i think that like everybody sort of missed on things tonight like in basketball but i really i had a really good night in basketball i just could have been a great night but ready to get back to tomorrow it's been a busy day i know you're tired it's been a a lot i know you got a lot of stuff going on right now so we can get right to it if you want to listen dude i got a nap i'm good um i took like a two and a half my my red Sox started to get crushed and i was like well i'm taking a nap i literally didn't even notice that just was on basketball. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. They got they got smoked, man. Um, well, as a Dodger fan, I'm happy to hear that all the time. So no, that's fine. Um, as you can see, I'm still wearing my World Series championship shirt from last year. So <laughs> I'm. <laughs> um, I was yeah, there, so... and it was brutal. <laughs> so... Yeah, the baseball. Thanks, <laughs> but it was a thanks for one of the most brutal experiences in my life. But I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, baseball. Um, I just didn't have enough Dodgers, man. You know that was that was the story of the day. Like pitching, I was on all the right guys for the pitching, um, and just didn't have enough Dodgers. You know, like you, I had a lot of Toronto early on, and and you know Zimmerman <laughs> did Zimmerman things, and we should have knew better. Like 
you know, the Blue Jays are a team notoriously really bad with, you know, breaking balls. And, you know, Zimmerman used his slider to beat them up pretty bad there. So watching that game, getting very frustrated, knowing that, like, I shouldn't have played a lot of Blue Jays, but they were just so cheap. Um, so, yeah, ready ready for uh, Friday baseball slate. It's like eight games. It's actually a really, really fun slate. And um, this basketball slate, six games on a Friday. You know, a lot of stuff going on with, you know, everything in the industry. We got, you know, PGAs going right now. And then, you know, obviously we got, you know, baseball back. And then we got basketball going. We got NASCAR coming up this weekend. So a lot of stuff going on in the industry. And like you said, people are missing things, you know, just simple mm-hmm. things. Like Goran Dragic got the start and we knew his minutes were probably going to go up. And like he wasn't as popular as I thought he was going to be. So, um, Ready to break down the slate before we do. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Each and every day, Fantasy Draft is the reason this podcast is free. So if you like the podcast, make sure you head on over there. Support them for supporting us. It's fantasydraft.com. And you sign up through the links uh, here at Rotogrinders. That way you get promo access to any promos that we run with them. They have a $15,000 MLB home run up on Friday. Can't wait to play that. Uh, smaller basketball contest, but I like this smaller basketball contest. Um, you can only enter it four times, and you know, you're not going to get rich off of it, but turn in, you know, five, 25 bucks into 500 bucks never stinks. So if you want to check out their basketball product, make sure you do that as well. All right, Bobby, let's get into it. Basketball. We start with the Pacers and the Celtics. 214 total here. Boston favored by six and a half. Um, no real injury news here outside of, you know, like Oladipo. And um, Kyrie is supposed to be back here. So what are we looking at here on the Pacers? I think this game is a – you just really don't really want to pay that much attention to it except for that Boston's defense has really been terrible <laughs> um, recently. But I think that the answer on the Pacers side for me is just like pass unless anyone is surprisingly out. I really don't I don't think it's like going for anything like Turner. You could take a shot, I guess, in tournaments, but I just I don't see myself going there. I just I think I'm ignoring basically the Pacers on this slate. Yeah, like I, I get it. Um, nothing really standing out to me as well. Um, this game's kind of important. It's not like end all important, but like it, it le- yeah, of course. You know, if if the Boston Celtics win this game, um, they tie themselves up with the Pacers. I don't know who has the head to head tiebreaker, but they both would be forty five and thirty one. Um, if Boston wins this game, fighting for that home court in that first round against each other, these two teams looking like they're going to play each other in the first round of the playoffs. So I just don't see anything here um, on the, on the Pacers side, you know, I, like you said, I could see, you know, miles Turner potentially having a, a decent game. I could see like maybe Collison having a decent game, but just nothing really standing out to me. And then, you know, you go to the Boston side of things and like, these are usually the type of games that like I like to play Kyrie in games that have a little bit more meaning behind them, tougher matchups. I feel like he gets up for these types of games. Um, but even on this six game slate, like we have some really solid studs on this slate. So I don't even know if I end up on Kyrie here, but I think he'd be the guy I'd look at. So here's the thing for Kyrie. It's going to depend on ownership entirely. Like you, 
100% play him if his ownership somehow creeps into like single digits or anywhere near there. And it's on, especially on a six game slate, just in general. But like, just listen, look at his just game log if you don't trust anything. The one game they happen to lose by 19 and he goes five for 17 from the field, he only puts up 39. He's 8,600. He's put up 53 or more in every other game since uh, March 14th. And two of those have been 65 plus. Um, look, man, I think that Kyrie, depending on ownership, is one of the better plays in this slate. If the ownership is shown, ownership gets too high, I could see the argument for not playing him. But he seems like just like an easy just plug and play like for 45 to 60 um, with upside probably on that. Yeah, like, the more I think about it, the more I like it. I like what you're saying, too. Like, the one game he doesn't shoot incredible or, and doesn't put up at least 20 shots is is the one that we're looking at the last game, and they kind of got blown out in that game. So, But if the ownership's like 30%, I can see the fade, you know what I mean? But it, it depends on where it's at, you know? For sure. Uh, is there anybody else on Boston that we're looking at? Like, I don't really see anything else that's standing out to me here. I mean, it's just not even on a six game slate, like this is definitely like the game you pay the least attention to, in my opinion. Yeah, it's so. kind of where I'm at too. Um, not this next game. Portland at Atlanta. <laughs> um, two thirty three total here. Portland favored by three. McCollum and Nurkic are out, and Turian Prince is doubtful. The whole Lillard cancer thing did not work the other night. And I really hope that scares people off because I'm going right back to the well on playing Lillard and Ennis Cantor in this spot. 100% agree with you. Um, I really hope it does, but I don't think it's going to. People have gotten much, much more savvy. Although this is the time of year, like with baseball, like you can get weird, only like weirdly low ownership on guys. Like even Harden tonight was like way too a low owned. Like if the game was close, he would have put up seventy five. Like it just didn't make sense. Um, except for Embiid's ownership was probably you know anyway. But uh, yeah, Lillard a hundred percent, and I think that Cantor is the better play. Like if you just had to weigh it out, because there's a lot of good guards we'll talk about. But I think that. Like, this is obviously the game you want to get as many pieces of as possible, play both of them, play one of them. It's probably one of these guys are probably ending up in most of my lineups. If not, I honestly uh, I honestly don't know what I'm doing because it's you got to have somebody from at least the Portland side in this game, and I think you're going to want a lot, a lot more exposure than just one or two pieces. Like, yeah, realistically, like, Aminu's in play, Seth Curry's in play, uh, Zach Collins is in play. Like, all these guys are in play. I'm just taking the two best options. Like, I, that, I, I'm i not going to try to overthink a matchup with Atlanta for a, a team that, you know, is now third in the West. Like, you know, now, now we're talking about them playing the Clippers instead of, like, the Utah Jazz or the Rockets or something. You know, they've won five straight games. They got to kind of continue to see what they got here with Nurkic out. Um, and like Cantor's not a huge downgrade from Nurkic. Like Nurkic does a lot on the floor, but Cantor has the ability well, to. Well, let's not get crazy. Score. Yeah. Oh, and in and, and fantasy basketball, they're definitely. They're, no, they're, they're way different in real basketball. In real basketball, there's a, there's yeah. a big downgrade. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, no, I, I meant DFS. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Cantor's production, you could expect to be like, he'll pro he won't quite get the minutes. Um, but the funny part is that can't that uh, you know Nurkic doesn't really get the minutes. So Cantor at fifty five is just a steal. It's it's actually like not as great of a matchup as probably people think when they're fully healthy. But the pace alone and the number of rebounds, it's just it's just hard to see him not crushing this price anytime he gets any type of any boost of pace or just the fact that he's starting the minutes should be secure. Atlanta always plays a big like. Cantor has got to be one of the top players of the day. He'll be high owned, but go right back to it anyway. Uh, play Lillard as well. Uh, I don't mind if you want to take shots on the other guys, but for me, mostly it's those two. And I'm, I think Harkless and Harkless is the better play between he and Aminu, uh, especially when if if the ownership jumps off of him. This is the kind of pace game where I I could see him having like a little more success. I could actually see Aminu like if. Somebody like uh, Collins or Lehman is playing well. Aminu forced off the court more likely than Harkless. The last game was such a blowout. It's not something we should really judge anything by. Like it was, they were in such control. It was not, they played the most passive, easy, we'll just walk away with this game that I've ever seen. Right. And Atlanta, like, even though the, they haven't been this great team all season, but they've been really competitive in games. Like, they'll be competitive tomorrow for sure, or tonight, yeah. I should say. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Looking at the Atlanta side, Prince being out is 30 to 33 minutes um, that that are going to kind of go around here. I If I had to guess, I, I think Herter and Bembry are the two guys. Like, Bembry probably goes from, like, 20 to 30 minutes here. He gets, like, 10 of those 30 minutes. Herter maybe goes from, like, 27 to, like, 32 um and you know obviously like trying to figure out where those other 15 minutes are going to come from whether it's Baysmore or somebody else but i i think Bembry is probably one of my favorite value plays on this slate thinking that like he gets close to 30 minutes here with prince off the floor yeah i think herder is what is my play um, Yeah, that's that's fair but i definitely get the Bembry play i I keep waiting for these Herder blow-up spots, and it's funny because he actually would grade out really well in this matchup otherwise because they could actually use him at the three a lot in this spot, which is the one spot you can really get to Portland. Um, it's I, Forget the you know standard numbers and everything. That actually has numbers on, in terms of numbers per position, but I'm just saying in reality. Um, I don't know. I think that Herder is like – Herder – is my priority along with Bembry, but I just want to see where the ownership ends up on Bembry because I like with putting up some big games, he still doesn't ever really get over those minutes to where I could see him like having like dudding and you know me, I'm playing tournaments mostly. So if the ownership gets too high, even on a, on a six game slate, like I don't mind jumping off guys like that. So I just really want to see where it's at, but they're obviously, you know, high, high end plays like with upside, they they may they both to me it would make sense for cash. I'm not a cash game mind, but like, and they actually make sense as tournament plays as well. Like, there's definitely a lot of upside at those prices. Um, you know, obviously Trey Young's been playing fantastic for a month and a half now. Like, whatever whatever is going on at the beginning of the season, like he's just really overcome it, and like he he's taking that next step, and he he looks really good as you know. Um what like this is one of the reasons that like i was struggling with like the Kyrie thing i mm -hmm. i keep going kind of back and forth they're right around the same price i don't know if you're going to be able to play lillard 
Trey Young and um, Kyrie. So I think that's where you're going to have to start making some decisions. What's your thoughts on Trey Young and anybody else here from Atlanta? I mean, I love Lillard, but I, I, you know, it's hard not to to like Trey Young. I think that if I was weighing in the match in a thing with Kyrie, I would give Kyrie the edge. I think that Young will have the higher ownership. He's and I think Kyrie is a better, actual, safer play with more upside. If you look at how they're being used in the current system, factoring that Boston's on it, like tailing away, that they're this is him to the rescue in his mind and he's going to play a million minutes in that kind of a matchup. We don't know what's going to happen with like, they might Trey Young might end up playing like 32 minutes for some reason. You know what I mean? Like there's not like a real obligation to this game. So side with Kyrie, especially if the ownership is heavier on Trey. Um, if for some reason the ownership's not Trey is a terrific play also, but like they're all great plays for me. It's just weighing in the ownership versus what I expect to happen. If you ask me who's going to score more raw fantasy points on the average night tomorrow, more often than not, it's going to be Kyrie ahead of Trey. And I know people are going to think that's wrong, but that's my personal opinion for this situation. Yeah, completely fair. Um, if you, you know, if you compare the two, Kyrie's outscoring him right now. So even with young playing really good, um, do we give Collins a bump here? Like Nurkic, a better defensive player than Cantor. You know, if we look at the overall season numbers for Portland, it's going to tell us like, this is an amazing spot for Collins. Do we give him a bump in this spot? Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm paying attention a lot on this game. Cause I, I think this is one of the most stackable games on the slate. Yeah, this is – I love Collins, but he's really not going to play the five that much in this game realistically. Like, I don't think they – like, Cantor can beat up any good center. He can beat up Embiid. Like, he's a he's a tough. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to outplay Embiid. I'm just saying he can physically match up with any – so they're not, they're going to keep Deadman or or uh, Len on the court as much as, much as possible. Um, so Collins will really be playing the four more, which he's – you know, Amino's a good defender, but it's not really like it'll be a one-on-one matchup. He's really just too cheap. I think Collins is is the better play. Like we look, we have a lot of great guards out there. Collins is a great way to get exposure to this high total game that you don't need to spend so much for, and you get to take up that power forward spot that is a lot, you know, a lot less impressive than the guard spot tomorrow today. Uh, anything else here from Atlanta? We're moving on. Uh, I'm sure that there's like other guys worth taking shots on. I just really don't have anybody that I, I think that like you, if you're playing a bunch of tournaments, you definitely play guys like Baysmore for sure. Um, if he's starting, you kind of have to play him more and we didn't really talk about him. So that's one thing we just have to see is the starting lineup, but it's early ish. So we probably should see it. Um, but if Bazemore is starting, I think we have to definitely take a look at him, like a long look. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I honestly, I really think they're going to start bembering, but I could be wrong, obviously. Um, you know, Bazemore is a guy they've used a lot in the past. It's, you know, it, it's it's a guessing game, but like you said, this is a 730 game. We should get a starting lineup here uh, before lock. Golden State at Minnesota, two thirty total here. Golden State favored by nine and a half. Damian Jones is still out, and then on the Minnesota side, Covington's out. Dang is out. 
Gibson is doubtful. Rose is out and Teague is out. Um, let's talk with Golden State. What are we looking at here on the Warriors? What did you say was the spread? I'm sorry, the line again? 230, Golden State fair by nine and a half. All right. Um, I like uh, – I think that what it's – with the Warriors, I feel like it's a little bit roulette. Like, I don't mind Cousins. Um, I think it's probably the best play. I think that this Minnesota team defensively has been terrible. Every spot is worth taking a shot on, but I don't really know that I want to make anyone a priority with some of the other guys we have. If Again, it's like it becomes a little bit of an ownership thing. Like It depends on where – if it all gravitates towards – Lillard, even though I love Lillard, I'm happy to jump off of it and take shots on Steph, um, Steph and Cousins in lineups. This is a a good potential stack spot with the guy on the other side, um, but I just don't really have any one of them when they're all healthy as a massive priority in this matchup. I mean, Clay is cheap enough where you take you look, but it's just all taking shots. There is nobody who knows exactly who's going to be the guy for that night. And even if they are, somebody else might be the guy the next quarter. It's really hard with this Warriors team. The matchups grayed out well for everyone by the, the way that I see it. Um, so I don't know. It's it's really just uh, take your pick. And if I had to prioritize, I think I would go uh, probably Steph, Clay. No, I'm sorry, Cousins, Steph, Clay, Durant, Draymond. Yeah, we're really close. Like, I, I think I'd go Curry, Cousins, Clay, Durant, Green. But again, like what you're saying, when this team is healthy, it's really hard to play anybody because it could be anybody's night. The price is though, struggling. Don't leave Cousins out there for thirty plus minutes, and doesn't he ever? Does he ever not get forty here? Like, doesn't he always get forty here? Especially in a competitive matchup against the guy who's going to go at him, doesn't he? I would think so. Um, I, you know, I, I rank Curry ahead of him just because I, I, Curry ceiling is insane. Like, yeah, so is Cousins, but like Curry can go out and, and realistically hit like six threes in a row. And like that ceiling is always going to be ahead of Cousins for me. But like, if I was playing cash games here, like Cousins is the high floor guy. And it's weird to say that, but like, I, I think that. I rank Curry ahead of Cousins just because I think I still think Curry has the higher ceiling, but I, Cousins should have a good center game. Taking a lot of the ownership, don't you think you can get Cousins at lower ownership than he should be again? Though, I'm just saying, doesn't he's a, he's a cash game play with with tournament upside at tournament ownership possibly? If that happens to me, that's like the awesome tournament play. See, the thing is, like. There's there's a pivot that we're gonna talk about at center off of Cantor today, and it's in the last game. It's the Lakers game. Like McGee yeah. against Charlotte is just like a spot that I think a lot of people will go to, um, because of the, like how bad Charlotte's been against centers. So we'll we'll talk about that, and that'd be the last game. So we'll be able to compare because like we got Gobert against Washington on a back to back, like you know Jokic and Adams against each other. So like there's a bunch of centers plays on this slate. So. Mm -hmm. but I could see that lowering cousins ownership overall as well with there being so many options at center. So, you know, and even if you go to the other side of this game, we know cats usage is through the roof when all these guys are off the floor. What are we doing here with Minnesota? We just, if you're going to play the game, I think you play cat on the other side of it. I don't mind. 
There are other players I would prioritize against Cat as a one-off. Let's just say that. But if I was playing a part of a stack, I think that he's the guy. We'll see about Taj uh, playing or not. He's I doubtful feel like I, right now. Yeah, I feel like he's not going to, and I feel like I don't mind a stack with Cat and either Wiggins or Jones. I actually don't mind like a full-on game stack in this game. <laughs> like, I feel like, but you can also just completely fade it. Like, I could see Golden State controlling this game and Cat putting up fifty, and you're fine. Like, he's got to get seventy plus to really even scare you. I feel like, and I don't know. I don't need it. I feel like there's better plays, um, but I do like this game stack, and I don't mind any of those guys' individual one-offs if for some reason you found yourself needing exactly that price. I just feel like if I was going to play them, I'm probably going to try and run it back. Yeah, you know, the guy that I really like here from Minnesota, I've been talking about him for a couple weeks now, is Josh Okaji. Um, he's still 47 is the highest price he's been. But he's just been producing at a very high rate. Like, people keep playing Dario Sarge. And as much as I like Dario Sarge as a basketball player, like, Okaji's just been outperforming him each and every night. So, in a matchup here with Golden State, they're probably going to be down. He's probably going to get some good looks here. Put up 33 fantasy points against them, you know, 10 days ago. Like, 4,700 for 33 fantasy points. Sign me up. Like, I'm not saying he's going to instantly get 33, but I, I like Josh Okaji with all these guys out and just continuing to get consistent minutes. Yeah. Like, let's see where the ownership ends up on him. Obviously, if you play him, play him at the forward spot. Don't play him in, don't play him in. Oh uh, yeah. You got to play him in, in that the small forward. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really important. Same thing. If you take a shot with, with Wiggins, obviously, but, uh, and that's the argument against Tyus and why Tyus Jones is going to be crazy under owned, by the way. Like that is actually, I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> I just think that if he ends up too low on Tyus is like crazy cheap and Wiggins and they all have ceilings. It's just, they're not my favorite plays on the slate. I love this as like a mini stack. I just, it, it's really, it's hard to prioritize. I mean, other than towns, obviously, like it's, I just think that you want to include these other guys. I like your points about Okaji. Um, I don't think I'm going to play Sarich or anything, but I think Tyus and Wiggins and Towns are all also really in play. And if you wanted to do a stack with Okaji and Tyus and Towns, if you're going to play like a warrior or two and, you know, use some of the other value spots, like I think that's actually kind of interesting. Um, anything else from this one? Nah. All right. Uh, moving on here. Denver at OKC. We got a 221 total here. Uh, OKC favored by five in this game. You know, we'll have to see it on Denver. Um, they didn't submit an injury report yet. Um, and then on the, you know, Nuggets on a back-to-back, but they got crushed by the Rockets on Thursday. So, like, the minute should be there for all the starters for the Nuggets. But And then OKC side, like, Paul George is questionable to add to our you know, which point guard do we play thing? Um, you know, obviously if Paul George is out, like this whole argument on the point guard system becomes interesting, but let's start with Denver. They're on a back-to-back going into OKC. Is there anything that you like here for the Nuggets? I think that you can, I think there's like, (laughs) this is going to sound horrible on this slate to say these things. I think that like, 
<laughs> I actually can't believe I'm going to recommend this. But I think that Gary Harris is a reasonable tournament play. And he's going to play the minutes. The shooting guard position has absolutely destroyed OKC. Gary Harris has lit up OKC for a long time now. Like when he's been fully healthy, he's lit them up every time. Um, I, I think this is a spot like where I would take a shot on someone as cheap as him. Like when no one's going to play him, it's just like that. No one's going to play him spot. Same thing. Unless I think people probably will though, is the Will Barton. He's, 4,700, look, stop looking at game logs. Forget about the blowout in the last game. Forget about him struggling for a few games. You're telling me in this up-paced matchup, Will Barton couldn't thrive and like put up 24, and at the end of the first quarter, we're not going, why didn't we play Will Barton? He's probably the more preferred of them, and Jamal Murray is too cheap at 5,900. Like, they've like made everyone too cheap on DraftKings, so just remember that today. Um, I don't know. It's It's tough, man. Like, they all make sense as individual plays, but you just don't really want to pair them up together is what I would say. Um, I don't want a game stack here. I'm going to play a guy on the other side if there's no Paul George. But honestly, other than that, like everybody makes sense. I think Jokic is the least interesting and he still makes sense even. Friends don't let friends play Jokic. Um... I'm not going to. I'm just saying that it's... <laughs> Like he's yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's how good that's how good it plays they all are at their prices. Yeah, I like Barton to have a bounce back game here. Like, you know, bad game against Houston. The whole team was off. Like, look at his last few games. Detroit, Indiana. Like, it's not the greatest matchups. You know, you move into some of the better matchups, and like obviously the minutes are still there. And I think Barton's interesting for tournaments. Um, I don't mind Gary Harris, probably not my favorite value play. But I get why. I, I, if I was going to play one of the two, it'd probably be Barton. Um, Thunder. You know, obviously, if George sits, Westbrook's probably the first one in, and we just eat the chalk, right? I feel like we have to mention that this game means something. Like, there, are, not every game means something this time of year in the NBA. That it's interesting for a Nuggets team that's underpriced when you're going to see a more condensed rotation in a game, they're a game out of first place for home court advantage throughout the Western conference. Like I'm not saying the nuggets are going to win the Western conference, but you're telling me that if they got into the Western conference and they had the home court advantage against the warriors, that wouldn't be at least like a little bit of a boost for them. Of course it would. That's massive. Game sixes and game sevens happen because you have to play game six on the other team's court. So often like it's, this is what happens unless, you know, unless you're playing the East to West, but it's, it's an important game for them. It's an important game for the Thunder to try to remain from playing, from being in the bottom couple seeds to play either of these teams, but especially not the Warriors. So this is going to, you're going to see their best foot forward. Like if Paul George is banged up, which he's been hurt for a long time, he's just been playing through it. He, you know, he's banged up, but he's either, if he doesn't play, you're playing Westbrook on the other side. I think that you're playing like you're taking shots on these nuggets. Like they're all way too cheap for the situation and matchup and you should see a more condensed rotation. Yeah. Schroeder's interesting. Um, I still don't know if I play Adams here, but Schroeder and Grant are interesting. If George sits, um, yeah, just looking at the Western conference standings, it's, it's still such a tight race, even at the top, like the West is so much crazier then the east right now i know like i think the bucks need one more win um and they secure the best record in the nba this season so 
it's busy. Yeah, it's over. So yeah. Um. All right. Washington at Utah. Two twenty six total here. Utah favored by twelve. Uh, Reese is out. Exum's out. Uh. It it looks now like the Wizards are officially out. Um. It doesn't look like they have a chance anymore. Uh, and I said this the other day. When this happened, I was gonna be a lot. Um, I, I was gonna be a lot more concerned with playing B- Bradley Beal. And now you get a matchup for Utah. I'll be honest, Bobby. There's not really anything standing out to me here uh, on the Washington side of things. I think Jabari Parker still has a ceiling, um, but I just as much as I want to play like Thomas Bryant here, like even him in this matchup seems really rough. Yeah, the weird thing is, like, I read something that said Bradley Beal had a potential of 23 assists that had a likelihood of 60% better in the last two games that didn't convert. Something something weird like that. Because they started trapping him. And they and I saw them do it against, like, the Lakers did it to him. Like, every Rondo was out there, and then they'd also trap him on top of it. Rondo literally stayed with him full court every, every second and tried it as hard as he tries. So it's weird. Um, but I think that the only way to play this game on this slate is the Utah guys are too cheap based on the matchup if it's close. So if you want to play a Bradley Beal and it's close, because the way you beat Utah is from the outside. If you hit threes, forget the actual numbers versus position. Bradley Beal can get hot anytime. If he plays the thing he's playing for Stevie, that people don't understand. And I've been saying this for weeks and they don't understand why Kemba has been going crazy. That third team all NBA, it means $30 million of difference in their next salaries, 20 to 40 million in, in Beal's case, 30 million in Kemba's case, in terms of their max contract. If you make a top, if you make an all NBA team, a top third team, and they are the two guys competing for the last guard spot, Cat is the guy competing for the last big man spot. That's a huge deal. That is and also that means more to these guys than most things. So if Beal starts and plays, you take a shot with him against the jazz and then you run it back with some, but only if you're running it back with someone from the jazz because they're all too cheap so that's your excuse but like you're playing you're praying that bradley beal keeps it close and you're you're you know you run it back with maybe a, a mitchell and gobert or or a, a rubio and gobert but otherwise you just cross this game off because i mean utah should crush them if you see the spread start to increase you know you don't see any announcements of who's out just assume something weird could happen yeah, fair enough. Um, you kind of pretty much cover both sides there. Like, if you're going to play this game, how to approach this game. It, it's not my favorite game on the slate. I, I do think Gobert could have really low ownership just because of all the centers that we have on the slate. And, like, you know, even if you look at his last, you know, three games, he's gone for at least 44 fantasy points in each of those games. So it'd all be an ownership thing on Gobert. Um, you know, and Rubio just is quietly getting more minutes in close games. So, like, if you're doing what Bobby's talking about doing, you expect this game to stay close. Like, Rubio's another guy you throw in the hat for a potential stack here. Charlotte at LA taking on the Lakers, 225 and a half total here. Charlotte favored by two in this game. Zeller is out on the Lakers side. Lonzo Ball is out. Hart is out for the season. Ingram is out. Bullock is questionable and Chandler is questionable. Let's start with Charlotte. Uh, what do we like here for the Charlotte team side? Sorry to do this, but I have to mention that Jay Crowder is a great play no matter what happens um, oh, in that's the previous fine. game. He's an unowned guy that no one's going to play at 4,500. 
and he's actually had a weird way of losing minutes lately. And it's had to do with weird sort of blowout, like, and the other guys on the bench are like extending it at the time. He's got high upside and he's also got a pretty good floor for that price. So I just want to throw him out there. But um, the Charlotte side against the Lakers, this is a, like, look, it's do they, if they're going to play Kemba, as long as they're going to, and they're going to, because they actually, <laughs> they're, they're a game and a half out. They're not they, out yet. Yeah. They're sure. not out. Like Kemba is, has got to be one of the top plays on the slate. Like he can't not be as long as these, these situations. He's also playing for that third team NBA. <laughs> um, but these are big things, especially in a contract year, by the way, that's another thing. But look, there's not many games left. They actually mathematically have a chance. They're going to play him, I'm assuming. I think you play Kemba against a Lakers defense that really doesn't have a choice and is not going to really do a whole lot about it anyway. Right? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I think you summed it up. Like Kemba is really interesting here. Assuming Jeremy Lamb plays, he's probable. Um, he's playing. Batum, yeah, Batum he's playing. is supposed to be playing. Like It's Kimba. It, you know, I don't think I overthink this one. I don't go to like Bacon or any of those other guys that like, you know, all these guys are back. You know, you can't play the guys you played the other night with all these guys out. So um, There the is Lakers... one other counter to that, though. I have to say one thing. You can play these guys together. They the prices are down because they haven't accounted for the situation. They're back in the playoff hunt. Like it could still swing Bridges' way. It could sw- still swing Batum's way if you're playing multiple lineups. Like you you especially with Batum, I don't mind like a Kemba and Batum on one side of like a stack, and even like throwing Hernan Gomez out there. Like look, he's getting minutes at that price. As much as everyone thinks JaVale McGee is a guy because he puts up these fantasy numbers, like he's going to give up offensive boards. He's going to give up a lot of rebounds. He goes for every block shot. Like he's, this is what happens. Uh, Hernan Gomez is going to play 20 minutes if he's playing well and they're competing. Like why wouldn't that continue? And he's got 30 to 40 fantasy point upside, like even in 24 minutes, like if he can get there. So I think he's interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Bridges is the guy that I like. You know, his minutes have been really consistent. Like they want to get him minutes, um, and he's been playing really well. So I think I'd lean like Bridges over Batum. <laughs> and like after the All Star break, we were playing Batum every night. But like I-, I like the upside for Bridges. He's been playing really well. Me too. But like I think this is a, it's going to get it's into a funny territory right now because this it's like they were out of it. And then they played their way back into it. And like, what do you do? It's like, do you bring your starters back on the court? That's sort of the situation they're in, in the overall basketball world. Like they sort of gave up and just let Kemba play with all the young guys. And now they're like, Oh wait, we were back in it kind of. So do we play? Like, I'm just curious. It's, 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 it's like taking shots, but like, if you're going to go for it, then why not go for the whole thing and go for a game stack? Cause they're cheap enough to where you can do that. And there are plenty of speculative plays we can mention on the other side. Oh, for sure. Let's talk Lakers here. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I like JaVale McGee here. You know, they're giving him the run. Could stop any night at at this point. But right now they're playing him. And, you know, he didn't have a great game against Utah. But 
considering the matchup, like it was a really solid game for a back-to-back too. Like Charlotte's been terrible against centers all season. Like McGee has an incredible upside in this matchup. And I, I don't trust anything the Lakers are doing by any means, but I, it's hard not to play McGee here, especially in tournaments. So here's a really weird one. Um, if LeBron plays, I think you play. It makes McGee a better play. I think if LeBron's out, you can start to worry. Like if you happen to hear that earlier in the day, because I think there's a chance you'll see it be okay. We'll get this is the night we'll give Mo Wagner however many minutes. They don't play as many minutes on the court together. Mo Wagner with LeBron. All these situations. Like, I don't know. It's just, that's just sort of what I'm thinking. Like, it's spec- I'm not saying you should play these guys or not. I'm just saying, like, if, McG- if, Le- for me, if LeBron's in, it makes McGee more interesting. I feel like that means it's a game they're going to actually compete for a little bit because LeBron doesn't really, which is, congrats to him. He's sort of changed a little bit. He doesn't really know how to lose. Um, he doesn't know how to try to lose. He just can do it by accident. Um, sorry to throw a little shade, but. <laughs> anyway, I'm just mad at him. He's ruined my Lakers, although they were pretty ruined anyway. But anyway, uh, if LeBron is out is the question. If LeBron is in, like, I don't think we're really all that interested in anyone, except for LeBron as a, lo- as a tournament play. I think he's interesting if he's unowned again. He gets such low ownership. just He just goes on the board just for that alone. If he's out, like, I don't know. Like, I think that Rondo's kind of interesting. And... I think that KCP is kind of interesting. Even if even if LeBron's in, KCP, when he gets in these sh- rhythms where he starts shooting, and this team will give up threes. Like, I think you like take shots with him if you play multiple tournaments like I do. And it's paid off huge a few times for me. I also missed him twice when he went crazy. But like, it just proves why you play guys like him so often. And you, I know he used to be your guy. You used to know all of his nights. He, I got him right he, the other night, Bobby. I, I nice, told everybody man. to play him against Washington. I played him that night as well. Like I had him, I literally had him loaded up in every high buy in tournament. Everywhere. Still, still, still know how to dust off the old uh, KCP um, whisperer thing. So, like, the thing with KCP right now is like, if you look at the last three games, um, you know, the shot attempts are up. He got so many open looks against Sacramento and Washington with LeBron out there, and like, I, I think the game against Utah is just like a product of LeBron not being on the floor and him getting open looks. I think that I think you're right. I think if you're playing multiple teams, I think you have to look at KCP in this spot. You look at the, you know, we're getting into the time of the season where we got to start looking at like recent trends. And we look at the last 15 games and this Charlotte team's allowing the third most fantasy points per game to, you know, wing players. So like I think KCP is really interesting here, um, but I want but LeBron to LeBron, play. He had his he had his ceiling game without LeBron. Like he he put up fifty without LeBron like two weeks ago. You know, I'm just saying like w- whether LeBron plays or not, KCP is interesting. We just have to acknowledge him as a tournament. Put him on your tournament radar when unknown guys like this are when guys like this are unowned, and we know like a Terrence Ross type. If they start hitting threes, they just keep shooting them. That's what we want. Yes, sir. That is what we want. Um, anything else from this one? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Party of Bernie's. Um, 
Give me your favorite over under here, Bobby. Uh, can you remind me what the Golden State? Oh, I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry. The Denver OKC one was. Uh, two twenty one. I'll take the over in that one. All right, over in OKC. Nailed my over the last couple of days, but I'm gonna go back to the old um, under, and I'm gonna take the under in the Utah Washington game. What's the? What is it? It is at two twenty six. That's high, jeez. Seems yeah, I'm high. with you. Yeah, and, you, and again, we don't even know who's gonna play. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, uh, and then under five k to seven x. Who's your cheap guy you're looking at today? Under five k to seven x. Uh, I think that the guy who I'm gonna go with here, I'm gonna go with like a funny guy just because I think I'm gonna take a little bit of a stand on him. Is is Huerter. I'm going to take his counterpart and say Bembry. Yeah, all right. I, like I can it. see oh, one, it, I can see one of those guys. No, they What's can that? both get there. They can get there. They can both yeah, get there. Yeah, both of those guys could get there. Like, yeah, I'll tell you can... one thing. Huerter is one guy who can play. Like, That's a guy who like you're going to be oh, saying years from now, he he's can legit. really play basketball. Like, He's like a, a – I don't know. I really am in love with his game. Kind of reminds me of like a, a, a young J.J. Redick. I thought about JJ a little bit like with him, but I think he's got a different, he's not quite as good a shooter. Obviously nobody is off, off screen, but he's like more versatile in a lot of ways than JJ ever was. I don't know. Yeah. Well, JJ is like one of my favorite play, players in the NBA always will be. I'm still sad. I told him the other night that like, I was sad that he is not wearing an Orlando Jersey when I was at the game. Um, oh man. Oh, that's nice. Over 8k, not to 5x. Who's your, who's your bust up, up top? I'm going to say, oh, my goodness, because the guys I keep wanting to say are all with questionable things, which I don't want to do. Uh, over 8K, I'm going to say Trey Young. Like bold one. Whoa. I'm going real bold. Yeah. Um, didn't see that one coming. Um, I'm telling you, there's variance with this whole situation. It's listen, not I... all that he's going to go crazy unless they just make him play for the – that's the only argument against it. Uh, play for the rookie of the year. That's it. Which I think may happen, but whatever. Um, I'm going to take Jokic. Friends don't let friends play Jokic. If Portland's competitive, they're going to stop. They're going to trap up top. Like, and they got to be smart and just do that. Just do that. All right, go ahead. You got Jokic. Portland has a good coaching system. Is you know, as much as you know, we we hate on coaches in, in DFS. Like, you know. Portland's not a team that has a lot of studs on that team, and every year they're they're right there in the West. So, um, favorite six X play? Who who's your guy? First look that you feel like you're gonna you know get six X from? So I know you want to take Cantor. So since you want to take Cantor, I'm not taking Cantor. I, I hate really? taking chalk in this game. Oh well, then I'm just gonna take. I'll go just go real bold, and I'll just say Kemba. I like it. Yeah, people, we, we talk about the chalk options as we go here. Like I, I try to mix up the game um, as much as I can. My six X play today is Josh Okaji. Um, you know, we talked Whoa. about him as we were going. Um, I, I really like his price at forty seven hundred, and it's one of my favorite value plays today. So I'm going to say he gets my six X. It was him he or McGee. It. Him and McGee were the two guys I was looking at. Yeah, I get, it. I get it, I get it. You got, you got me to note him down. I just want to say, like, look out for Tyus too. He was another guy I was thinking about. 
man, Tyus is going to be low on today. No just one looking play. at all the point guards on the slate, like if that game's close, like he could put up like 45 in this kind of a matchup. Like if it goes right, like, I mean, and he's going to put up 30 every time. Like it's just, I'm t- if it's close. For sure. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Bobby? Uh, no, just uh, good luck to everyone on this. Happy to be back here and good luck to everyone on baseball and basketball. And uh, yeah, thanks for letting me be on your show tonight. For sure, man. Anytime you're always welcome on the podcast. That's going to wrap it up here. For Friday, that's going to wrap it up here for this week. That is going to wrap it up for this month. I'm going to go watch some college basketball, watch how these games finish out. Hope everyone had an awesome week. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. I hope everyone crushes tonight. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys again on Monday, April Fool's.